Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Psalms 89, if you have your Bible this morning, Psalms 89. One of the major challenges of this generation is a sound mind. And uh, it's a biblical term, and it means the ability to hit the right note. That mentally, you're in alignment. When it comes to thinking, you have a clarity of mind, and you can think straight. The reason uh, this is a major problem is I believe we're living in the last days. And as we live in the last days, you must understand life is not fair. It's filled with violations and abuse. Life is filled with perversions, defilements, violence, selfishness, fatherlessness. 2 Timothy 3.1, Paul writes, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, unloving, unforgiving, without self-control, brutal despisers of good. And so this plays out in other people and eventually plays out in your mind. The Tribune, Tuesday, October the 30th, 2007. More young adults taking heart attack and stroke drugs than ever. What's often missed this morning is how sin affects your mind and your mind is critical if you're going to live life with any kind of victory. I want to minister this morning for a few moments on avoiding Mental madness, Psalms 89, I want to read verse 14 and verse 22. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Now here he's talking about a throne. Verse 22, the enemy shall not outwit him, nor the sons of wickedness Afflict him. Father, we come this morning by the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray, God, you move in this place. Give understanding, God, in revelation that you would strengthen. God, I pray, men and women, in this place, the ability to sort out life and come to right spiritual, eternal conclusions. God, I cast down confusion. Mental disorientation. God, I cast it down in the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to quickly this morning examine with you how sin affects the mind. Because this is a forgotten and overlooked truth. Sin shapes the thinking of any people. This is true as an individual. It's true as a culture. It's true of our media. You see, sin is not just something you do or something that's done to you. Wherever you find sin, you're going to find a damage or you're going to find uh, that it has had an, an effect on the human personality that is unfavorable. Romans 1, 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became fruitile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. So here's a picture of a people that says they knew God. They had knowledge of God, They understood what God required and expected, but they made a choice. They're not going to glorify Him as God. In other words, the sin of disobedience and rebellion, they blew God off. Who cares what God says? Later for God, they didn't want to serve God. They didn't want to know God. The Bible says not only that they were unthankful. Just read a little clip. About Kathy Griffin, uh, she won an Academy or an Emmy, Emmy Award, um, and she made these incredible statements. A lot of people come up here and thank Jesus for this award. I want you to know that no one had less to do with this award than Jesus. Other statements were too offensive to be printed. Now, can you imagine this? I mean, if you don't want to thank Jesus, just keep your mouth shut. But to make a point, um, but this is where our society's coming um, to. In Romans 1, uh, it said their behavior, though, affected their thinking. Um, uh, their thoughts uh, became useless and empty and sterile, and their hearts were foolish. And what made it worse, they professed to be wise and yet became fools. They're always talking about how smart they were. Hey, I got it together. I know what's going on. No one's going to pull anything on. You know, it goes on and on. Uh, one quote from Halloween. Uh, Halloween isn't what it used to be. There's, this is a glaring understatement. When you consider what's hot now in costumes, it's all about being sexy. But see, we're talking about, and, and the whole article was about little six- and seven-year-old girls. Now, it said they became fools. Um, I mean, uh, no, what a fool is is no clue or concept where this is taking them in life. It means that here an individual, we can sin, um, and while we're sinning, um, uh, we have no idea, no precept um, of this sin, how it's going to affect us mentally, and where our thoughts and our decisions are going to lead us in life. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. If you dress these little girls like prostitutes when they're six or seven, doesn't doesn't take a lot of revelation of where the, the possibilities of that going. 
But you see, here in Romans, it said they did not want to know God, but it didn't just end there. See, when you or I, people who know God, when we're disobedient, when we choose not to obey God, when we choose not to surrender to God, when we choose against the Word of God, it doesn't just stop there. It begins to infiltrate, and it causes a decay in our mind. Your mind will not escape your heart. It has to do with our relationship with God. Psalms uh, uh, 53 verse 1, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Look at Russia. I've had the privilege to go into uh, Russia on a number of occasions and preach. Uh, This was the uh, atheist society that said there was no God uh, and, and, you know, you go there and it's chaos. Uh, there is incredible depression. Uh, uh, people have this blank look, uh, this no-life look. Uh, they won't speak. They won't communicate. Uh, alcohol abuse, abortion uh, is rampant. Uh, just the demographics of Russia alone say it's, a, it's history. It's a, it's a wasted country waiting to be captured. Um, and here was the people uh, that said that, There is no God, but you see it played out in life. It played out in their thoughts and thinking, their decisions, their relationships, because sin cannot be isolated. Sin creates an absence of life, light. There's no clarity of mind. There's mental disorientation and confusions. Ephesians 4, 17, this I say. Therefore, in testifying the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts. In other words, intellectually, uh, you become sightless. You can only see what's right in front of you, and that's even clouded. That's the consequence of sin. Sin, rebellion against God, disobedience. Uh, when you do your own will as a society, uh, the extreme, this grim, you know, I want you to know Jesus had nothing to do. Well, you cannot enter that arena of life. Um, uh, she evidently knows about Jesus or she wouldn't be able to give him a name. Uh, uh, she's heard other people glorify Jesus. Um, well, you can't do that without it computing out um, in your mental thinking um, and your ability ability to perceive life you keep making bad decisions it affects how you act where you go who you go with and somewhere you become weary and frustrated and if you're not careful you can live this way so long the bible says you begin to love darkness rather than light The problem, and I've just kind of laid a little groundwork, is time becomes your enemy. Because your mind will begin to break down. 2 Timothy 3.8, Now as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith. 2 Corinthians 11.3, Your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. In other words, um, the mind, uh, something corrupted um, uh, means it's, it, this word means it's spoiled. It's, it's tainted. It begins to decay. 
And, and the statement here is, is you begin to rebel or we live in a society and we're seeing this all around us. I'm going somewhere this morning. And you lose reference points of life. These reference points of the mind that, that are able to keep you guided, to keep your mind sound, um, to keep you making godly decisions, to keep you from being deceived, uh, uh, to keep you from people ripping you off, um, or, or, or the demonic whispering in your ear and you believing it, um, these reference points, um, these reference points uh, begin to erode and decay and your mind is no longer sound. It just swings all over the board. Uh, uh, it's here. It's there. Uh, you're double-minded. You're unstable because there's a collapse of your mental thinking. It's the reason you see people later in life, they become silly. People my age. And you listen and they'll say these incredibly dumb things and make incredibly bad decisions. I heard this account in the Midwest. Here's a man. He's worked this one company for 30 years almost. In two months, he'll have 30 years and retirement. He got his feelings hurt he was upset. He quit and walked off the job. Two months to go, 30 years retirement at stake. His wife is pleading with him. His children are pleading with him. And, and he can't grasp two months you can survive anything. Here's your wife. Here's your, here's your, your, your older, your retirement age and all of this. Um, and here he is. He's upset. Um, and instead of having the ability to think this through in life, um, he makes this incredibly crazy decision. You see, your mind is like a building. If the structure is sound, it can stand the storms, the turbulence, the winds of life. If it's not, every turbulence that comes your way, every problem, every difficulty, every disappointment in life, every, everything, that's unco- everything that comes your way will blow you off course. The mark of a corrupted mind is the least agitation or difficulty sets you off. What happens as the mind is destabilized? This is where I I want you to grasp something. When this begins to happen, and many of you, this is how you come into the kingdom of God. This is how I came into the kingdom of God. My mind, I'd sinned, and it had affected how I viewed life and people and made decisions. And even though I got saved in a moment of time, the Bible says your mind has to be renewed in Christ Jesus. The Bible says I had to think a new way. I had to reprogram my mind if I was going to do anything for God and survive. You get saved, God forgives you, you're born again. But the difficulty is many, your mind has been destabilized. And when this happens, feelings. Begin to rule. How many of you experience? Listen, when your mind begins to collapse, your feelings.
kings will begin to usurp their authority and want to live on the throne of your personality. How many realize feelings always live for the moment? That's the problem. Feelings do not consider down the road. I've never had anyone come to me, you know, and says, you know what, Pastor, I think on uh, December the 10th in 2007, I'm going to be angry. Uh, you know, um, you know, Tuesday of uh, is my day for jealousy. Every Tuesday, I just uh, May is my month for bitterness. See, emotions, you, you, they don't uh, feelings demand instant obedience. They live for the now. And the problem is, uh, is when the mind deteriorates, what you feel wants to usurp on the, on the throne of your soul, uh, and it lives for now. It does not have the ability to consider and look down to the future the consequence of what I'm going to do. Prisons are filled with people who made decisions by emotions with no grasping the consequences of what they do. There's people here this morning that you have been the victim of someone else's emotional outburst. What they said, how they treated you, what they did to you, and not even considering some of you carry wounds for a lifetime because someone years ago, in a moment of their, no idea how this was going to be passed down to you. Others here, you have been the one that's dispersed it. One of the difficulties with young men many times, and old men, and all kinds of people, you get a job. You know, a job, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. <clears throat> that means that if you're going to have dignity, God put Adam in the garden to work. But you're going to have to work in life. And so you work X amount of energy and labor for a return, either of you're self-employed or, or if you're employed, it doesn't matter. For your time and your labor, your education, your thoughts, people are willing to pay you for your productivity. And when they pay you, then you eat. Amen. Very simple. You can pay your rent. You can drive a car that has gas in it. You're able to change the oil. You're able to do things in life. One day, find a wife, maybe, if you get a job and keep it. But you see what happens. You wake up in the morning, but you don't feel like going to work. Why? You want to sleep. You're tired. Well, see, your mind logically says, if I don't get up and go to work, there's going to be consequences. That means my paycheck will be, and sometimes even fired. And if I'm fired... I won't have money to, to eat. And eventually, I won't have money for a place to stay. And so eventually, if I don't have a place to stay, I might find myself staying in a place I don't need to stay. And hell is maneuvering you now till you're in a place you don't need to be uh, with people perhaps you don't need to be with, um, but you're desperate, uh, and now sin comes along, and the next, and it all began because one morning you just didn't feel like getting up. 
Would you give God praise? Because the feelings, they demanded instant gratification. Take note, your feelings could care less about all the rest. I want to give you a picture of your soul this morning. I did this many years ago in Sunday school, but a lot of new people, if we could put that up on the board, and there's quite a bit of information there, and I'll just kind of, kind of walk you through it a little bit. Uh, there's your will, your decision-making, your choice. Joshua in the Old Testament, he says, uh, Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we'll serve God. And what happened is he engaged his will. I'm going to tell you, your will is powerful. But this is in your soul. When the Bible talks about your soul, if we could have the mind. And so on one side of your soul is your thoughts. It's where you meditate, reason, consider, think. And, and there's two sides that can be of your mind. If we could have them, please. Mind. Okay, you got the feeling. Okay, there we go. So the Bible talks about a sound mind, a renewed mind, the mind of Christ, mind of the Spirit, a willing mind, humble mind, and no doubt there's others. But this is a mind that's been shaped by the Word of God. This is a mind, uh, the Scripture there, the sound mind. This is a mind that was one time corrupted, but it's been renewed. You think different than you used to think when you were living in sin or you were unsaved. Listen, the world and the media wants to program your mind, make you all crazy, okay? That's what they want to do. They, and so give us the other side of the mind there. Okay, a double-minded man. The Bible talks about the lust of the mind, an evil mind, a corrupt mind, a reprobate mind, a rebellious mind, a doubtful mind, deceived mind, carnal mind. And so here is my will this morning. Here is my decision-making. Here is that which is made in the image of God that dwells in each of you, and you have that ability to choose. Here is right, here is wrong, here is temptation, here is righteousness, unrighteousness, a life for God, a life for self or sin. Here is heaven, here is hell. And so the decisions you make are determining the road you're on. Your mind is trying to influence your will. Amen? How many ever used to think about partying? Okay? Lust of your mind, evil mind. And so what happened is that side of your mind, that mind that was developed by the flesh and this world and etc., it would be filling your thoughts. But those thoughts want to demonstrate and live through your will. What is up, Sermon Podcast listeners? This is Pastor Adam from the Virginia Beach Potter's House. Wanted to say thank you again for listening to this podcast. We hope that you have been enjoying the new daily podcast format. We have been doing our best to post a daily podcast sermon, uh, either from our church or from around the fellowship. We want to ask a couple of favors of you, if you don't mind. First of all, if you are listening to this, make sure that you are subscribed. There's a lot of people who are listening to these and navigating to them. 
uh, every single day. Uh, but it would be better for you and a whole lot better for us if you make sure that you are subscribed so that you get daily sermons delivered directly to your phone or your computer. Uh, The next thing I want to ask you to do is make sure that you leave us a review. We want to ask you, if you're enjoying the daily podcast, Fellowship Sermons from Around the World, please, please go and uh, give us a rating, give us a five stars. Uh, And if you enjoy this, we want to ask you to please share this. No doubt there's people in your church that would enjoy listening to a daily sermon from around the fellowship. The third big thing I want to ask you to do is I want to talk to the sound booth guy in your church. And I believe that there are some treasure trove sermons out there. We've built a platform that uh, I believe we could use for the kingdom. And no doubt that there are some of you, you know somebody who knows somebody who's got about 10,000 sermons in the sound booth that they've been sitting on. Or, or maybe you've got a sermon that you think uh, would be great to share on this sermon podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to we wanna get our hands on those, uh, on those sermons so that we can publish them and we can get them out to the rest of our fellowship. So those are my big three requests. Uh, we want to say thank you again for listening. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Thanks a lot, guys. The other side of your soul is your feelings, your emotions, passions, desires, sentiment. Again, there's good and bad if we could have the good. Compassion, joy, godly sorrow. Bible talks about Jesus' righteous anger. This is when you're angry against sin. You're not neutral when sin and ungodliness and and violations, love and gladness and Holy Ghost fire. No doubt there's many more, but there's a side of you in your emotions, in your feelings. There's a compassion, a love for God, a, a joy of the Holy Ghost. There's a godly sorrow that God, I, I've seen David had a godly sorrow. This moves God. Uh, There's a love uh, that passes understanding, the love of God. Uh, There's gratefulness. uh, But then there's another side of your emotions. We could have that. There's hate. I don't know how conviction got on that side, but anyway. (laughs) Conviction backslid, amen, got on the wrong side. There's bitterness. There's laziness, fear, worry, anger, jealousy, self-pity, depression, condemnation. So, so here's the picture. Here's the picture. What you have um, is you have choices to make in life. You have choices to make in life. And those choices uh, are going to determine who you are. They're going to identify you. You know, you chose to be in the house of God this morning. That's a piece of your identity. You may be here this morning, maybe the first time you ever came, but that is a reflection. There's something inside that said, you know what? I need to go to church this morning. Your choices. The Bible says, hell Broad is the mouth of hell, and a multitude, it's easy, any fool can make his way to hell. And hell has enlarged its mouth for the multitude that are going in. 
But the Bible says, heaven straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to make decisions that aim at heaven. Are you with me? And so that means um, that this sound mind, this renewed mind, this mind of Christ, this mind of the Spirit, this here somewhere is going to have to influence your will. This accompanied by compassion and convictions and joy. And and in other words, there's a good side of your emotions. There's a good side of your mind. And this balance uh, flows out in decisions. uh, And that becomes who you are, where you live, uh, how you treat people, how you view God, what you do with your time, what you do with your money, how you speak. uh, All of these things are going to flow out of that. The other side is, of course, there, but listen to me. Here's the difficulty. Here's what I've observed in life. When your mind begins to be corrupted, when your mind is no longer sound, when your mind becomes unstable, when your mind is undisciplined, you know what will happen? These bad emotions will begin to dominate and rule your life. And you'll miss God. And you'll begin to make decisions. You're now ruled by these rogue feelings and emotions. The Bible calls... You a double-minded man when that happens. James 1.8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In other words, you can't hold a course of action. This is a picture of a man facing two directions. He knows what he needs to do. He knows what is right. But his emotions keep jerking him. And his mind splits. One day I'm going to serve God. I want to do something for God. I'm committed. But the next day, it's whatever you feel at the moment. James went on to say, it's like a man tossed by wind and storm and wave. Every difficulty of life, every disappointment blows you around. And you become addicted to your feelings. And these ungodly Feelings begin to usurp and live on the throne. And their voice, when it comes to your will, is magnified a thousand times over. And this sound mind begins to just be a whisper. That part of you that says, you know what? This isn't right. I'm not going to do that it becomes and the other side oh do it that feeling that emotional is screaming in your head I'm not appreciated I feel uncomfortable I'm offended and hell will begin to create some emotional crisis And jerk you off of the map of God's will. 
and you become very easily manipulated. Controlling and being controlled. I watch this now, emotions. You become an expert at manipulating other people by emotions. You'll use anger, guilt, you don't care, you don't love me. You use criticism to control. If you don't do what I say, I'm going to explode. You won't talk, you sulk, you pout. You hold people hostage now because you live in an emotional arena. You put off the vibes. You manipulate. Old Testament story. Here's King Ahab. You know how the story plays out. Think about this man for a moment. He wants a little vineyard. It's Nabal's vineyard. He lusts after this vineyard. There's no natural reason. He is king. He has lands and fields and vineyards. But he wants this one. He asks Nabal for it. Nabal tells him, it's my godly inheritance. He said, even if I wanted to sell it, I couldn't. And, and King Ahab says, listen, I'll give you another vineyard far that will exceed this. You see, this one's right here by my, my back door. I, I want this one. And he said, I can't. It would violate God. It would be unrighteous to do this. Watch what King Ahab does. Here's a man jerked by his emotions. He goes home. He goes to bed. Turns his face to the wall. And will not eat. He's putting off this emotion. I'm upset. Self-pity. I'm upset. I'm shutting down. I'm holding everyone. I'll not talk. I'll not speak. I'm not going to eat. And he's, he's jerked by his emotions, and he's jerking other people around him. Can you imagine if you was a, a worker in his home? You'd be walking on tiptoes. Makes no sense. It's going to cost him his life. Watch what happens, and I'll tell you what happens to these people. They become easily manipulated. His wife comes in, Jezebel. She immediately picks up the vibes, but now she's going to use him and his emotions for her own purpose and agenda. She says, what's the problem? He tells her. Instead of saying, you know what, a kingdom business is much greater than this. How could, get up out of bed. What is wrong with you? There's a world to be won. She says, I can get it for you. And you know what she does? He gives her the king's ring, authority. Listen to me. You cannot function in this emotional state without surrendering spiritual authority. Listen to me. You cannot. That's why this generation, even in the church many times, have no spiritual authority. You know what spiritual authority is? Spiritual authority is a dominion of God that you can say no to sin. That you can choose righteousness. That you can do right. Uh, that you're not jerked all over the map. Uh, there's a spiritual. Dis- di- uh, this is right. I don't care if the whole world thinks it's wrong. This is what's right. And I'm going to do it. 
As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. You choose this day what? But this is what we're doing. That, that's spiritual dominion. But you see what happens when you fall prey and your mind is corrupted and these rogue emotions ascend the throne of your soul, you will always sacrifice authority. He gives her the king's ring. She sends out letters, lies. Naboth, they kill him, stone him, and he gets the vineyard. But God, listen, I'm going to close in just a moment. God is a God of justice. If you're going to serve God, you have to somewhere embrace the theology. God is a God of justice. It may not look like it in the short term, but listen to me. God is a just God. And they did not escape. And the same dogs that licked the blood of Naboth licked their blood. And it's recorded for you and I to read today. But my point is, and we could talk about Samson and many others, If we're not careful, we can be born again, and yet because we do not strengthen and discipline and renew and bring our mind to soundness, our emotions rule, and we make decisions by what we feel rather than a mind that is based on the Word of God, and somewhere you will violate and forfeit your spiritual dominion. But our text says something very interesting. If the foundations of your throne are right, the enemy will not outwit you. And he said, he said in our text, righteousness and justice is the foundation of our throne. You know what righteousness is? Righteousness is simply doing right. It's doing right when you don't feel like doing right. It's doing right when it hurts and costs you. It's doing right before God. The Bible talks about a man set his heart to do right. Have you set your heart to do what's right before God? See, it's not. I'm convinced it's not you don't know what's right. Do you do God right with your time, with your words, with your mind, with your money? Do you do what's right as a husband, as a wife, as a father, a mother, as a Christian? Do you do what's right in obedience to God's word? Are you doing right? Justice. Justice is keeping a right heart in a world that's not right. God of faithfulness, we used to sing, without injustice, The psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Again in Genesis, shall not the judge, Abraham's praying, of the whole world do what's right. Life may not be fair, but God is. Listen, God keeps books. God is always at work in the earth. And he said, the enemy will not outwit you. Listen, I'm not talking about IQ. I'm not talking about education. 
I'm talking about you show me a man or woman that does right and they live their life under a God who's just and I'll show you hell will not outwit you. You'll not be deceived by everything that comes flying by, everything that crosses your mind, uh, everything that's whispered in your ear, every impression and emotion that hits your soul. There's just something strong. There's a throne that hell cannot outwit um, or destroy that lives in your heart when you will say, you know what, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what I know is right. And justice. Otherwise, you'll not survive. You'll not survive life. You'll not survive all the seasons and disappointments and the agonies and the sorrows of life. You'll not survive. Many years ago, our daughter tragically died, fell about 100 feet, 16 years old. Horrible, horrible. Rip through my family, my wife's heart, my heart. I'm flying back from Malaysia or from Philippines. My mind is being shredded by hell. Every thought, how could this happen? You're over there preaching. Um, where is God? I mean, the doubts, the accusations are beyond Him. And somewhere in my soul, I reached for just a, just a little seed. And I said, God, you know the end from the beginning. And I believe you do right. God, you understand it all. She went into eternity speaking in tongues. God, you under, I have to have confidence. I have to believe God that you are just. And the moment I embrace that, that of a just God in the agony of my own sorrow and confusion, that, that disappeared just, just in a moment of time. All of that shredding of my mind and torment, I was able to lay my head down on that flight and go to sleep. And there was a peace. I would have not have been able to survive that. If somewhere I didn't understand the goodness of God is at work in the affairs of humanity. Listen, he's a, if you build the throne of your heart on righteousness and justice, God's justice. Listen, no matter what happens to you in life, and only time will tell what may strike at you. Only oh, we do not know things happen in life, horrendous, horrifying things, as well as glorious and blessed things. But I declare to you, you'll stand. And one day, beloved, you'll make heaven your home. One day when all the books are closed on your life and you stand before a living God, heaven will be your eternal home. Heaven, because you made decisions with heaven in view. You thought about consequences. Your mind was filled with the word of God. Your mind was filled with truth. And your reference points were, were stable. And they were strong. And you was able to find your way through life. 
all the snares of the devil, all the traps, all the lies, you were able to find your way, not just for a week or a month or a year, but till Jesus comes or you go to meet him, you could find your way and one day you step into eternity to be welcomed by the living God, the Savior, the Christ, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Would you give God praise? Hallelujah. What about you this morning? How are you building your thoughts? What's going on up here? Remember the scripture? I read it the other night when I preached on mirrors of the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking right now? You ever read this book anymore? You ever read this book anymore? You ever sometimes just say, you know, I just want to read this book. Not the latest novel, not the paper, not all the other things, not your computer screen. I want to read this book. I want to read what God has, because this is how your mind is renewed. It's how you think straight. God's thoughts become your thoughts. You ever just want to read it and just read, just read a whole book and just sit down and read it? Just sit down and say, you know what, I want to read. I want to read, God, what you say. That's what I want in my mind. That's what I want up here. I want, to, I want God, what you're saying. I want to know what you think about this. What your opinion is about this. Not just what I feel. My emotions, ragged. Not just the media and all of our culture and society. Pumping, 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 trash, trash, garbage. God, I want to know what you say. Because if you don't, your emotions will rule. And they'll deceive you. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.